back. Um, we're going to be looking at Parshas Lech Lecha, Sicha Beis, in Chelek Tesvav. Uh, Beis, Sicha Beis, the answer to that question is Sicha Beis. Um, I think I've said this before, maybe even last week, that um, one of the great advantages of, of learning like this on a constant basis is that we we get to become familiar with the themes that the Rebbe raises and also see divergence. In other words, in one Sikha, the Rebbe might be focusing on one aspect of Limur HaTayra. Just a few weeks ago, we talked about how the main aspect of a Yid in, in, in learning Tayra is to connect with the transcendent aspect, with the Naisen HaTayra. This week's Sikha um, looks at how the process of learning unfurls, as it were, and how it's necessary to have the Yigiyah Atzmis, the, the toil, the, the our work that we put into learning Torah, and only then can we access the transcendent. So this is a classic case of which means it depends where you're talking, literally, or um, more correctly, it means that when you, when you raise a certain point, well, it depends on the context. And so sometimes you look at something in a certain way and sometimes in another way, and uh, it is very, very enriching for all of us to be able to see the, the multiple dimensions, the binary, and, and to be able to understand uh, Hasidus on, on, on a deeper level. Aleph, Kfarn is bar kama v'kama pa'amim. Rebbe says that it's already been explained multiple times and it's also brought down in Hasidus in, in multiple places. The difference between Avram Avinu learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, and as well as, we're going to go back to the brackets in a minute, but as well as Yitzchak Yaakov Hashvatim, as well as his son Yitzchak, his grandson Yaakov, and his great-grandsons, the Shvatim, so it's well known the difference between their learning Torah and Kiyam HaMitzvahs, the Kiyam HaTorah HaMitzvah Shal Yisrael Achamatan Torah, to the learning of Torah and the keeping of mitzvahs of Bnei Yisrael after Matan Torah. And just to go back into the brackets, Rebbe brings down from Gemara Yuma, Avram Avinu Zokim V'yeshev B'yeshiva, Avram Avinu was, um, uh, was elderly sitting in yeshiva, also, Asav Ramavinu is Kalatar Ashley Nitna, and that Avramavinu kept the entire Torah even before it was given. And, and, and the same is true for the other Avais, the Mahis, the Shvatim. So, what's the difference? The Kavan Shalimana Torah Shal Avas Hayakaida Matan Torah, because their Limana Torah, their learning of the Torah came before the giving of the Torah. Before there was a commandment to learn Torah to do mitzvahs. says before al Before Hashem came down, as it were, before there was a tzivui, so there. Limar HaTayra and their Kim HaMitzvahs was something that they did of their own volition 
with their own resources and their own strength. And in parentheses, Bechlal generally, Halacha discusses this paradigm, Halacha discusses what is greater if you are commanded to do something and you do it, or if you're not commanded and you still do it. And so the Rebbe says that for the Avais, it was they were not commanded, but they, but they did it. And therefore, and because they had not yet been given a commandment, because it was before Matan because it was before Vayered Hashem al Harsinai, they were unable to reach the levels in Torah that transcend the level of creations, no matter how evolved and how exalted those creations might be. They were only circumscribed, they were only able to access the element of Torah, the aspects of Torah that are connected to creations and to their spiritual work. Masha Inkin, in contradistinction, after because there was a commandment from above on learning Torah and keeping mitzvahs. So once there is a commandment, there is the ability and there is an infusion of kayach, of strength, that comes from the creator, from the commander, that allows a human being to reach the essence, the atzmas of Torah. The Torah as it transcends the world completely. And this is what the Rambam wrote. Everything from which we distance ourselves or what we do, meaning the way that we have the mitzvahs loisase and the mitzvahs ase, the positive commandments and the negative commandments. We only comply with these mitzvahs because of the commandment of Hashem as given through the agency of Moshe Rabbeinu. We don't keep these mitzvahs because of communications that uh, the Nevi'im that came before Moshe, the Avais and others, the fact that we don't eat a limb off of a living animal is not because Hashem told Noyach that this is forbidden. But it's because Moshe told us that this is a prohibition. Because at Sinai, he commanded this, <coughs> that there would exist this prohibition. And in similar fashion, we don't circumcise ourselves and our sons because Hashem told Avram Avinu to do this. 
to circumcise himself and the, and, the, and the members of his household, but rather because Hashem commanded Moshe Rabbeinu that all Jews should be, all male Jews should be circumcised in the way that Avram Avinu was. The Gedanasha, and the third example is not eating the sciatic nerve and the meat surrounding the sciatic nerve. Ein anu achar Yaakov Avinu, ela mitzvah So we don't desist from eating um, the meat and the and the, uh, surrounding the sciatic nerve because of Hashem's communication with Yaakov Avinu, but rather because Moshe gave us this prohibition. Because it's specifically through us fulfilling the Torah and mitzvahs, the way that they were given, at Matan that we are given some of the kayach of the creator. And through this is nimshach, through this comes down etzem hatayra, the essence of Torah. So once we understand this basic idea, so set against this basic idea, we need to understand. So this is perhaps one of the most basic things that the Rebbe brings home every single time, and that is that everything in Taira is a Haira. And Taira itself, the word Taira is Milashon Haira. It's etymologically rooted in the word Haira teaching. And so everything has to be instructive to our Avedis Hashem. And it has to be instructed to our Vedas Hashem, Gam also after Matan because we're after Matan Terah, and if so, Mahi Haira, Me'arichus Hasipor, Altavar Vedas Avais, Beter Shabtav, Beter Shabalper, Ubar Chavos, Habir, Bidushi Hasidus, Bechule. So, why do we find the stories concerning our avos in such elongated fashion in the Torah Shabbat in the Torah Shabbat and in in the in the writings of Chassidus. What they did then is not the same avoda that we have now after Matan Torah. So whatever happened, happened. Whatever was, was. So it happened. So, so there was this time in history. There were the Abbas, Imais, their children. They kept the Torah. But it would seem that this has no connection with us because after Matan Torah, it's a whole different Avayit in Torah. So why are we given this information? And, and not, um, you know, just <clears throat> in, in um, bullet points, but it's, it's really expounded upon. And so what is the connection to us? The Ramban explains in our parsha. He explains The Ramban says that when the Torah tells us about the various travels and the digging of the wells and uh, the various um, narratives. Uh, that took place with the Abbas and the Imais, all of this comes to teach us for the future. All of this comes to inform the lives of the Jews who would live in the future. Kedi'isa bin Medrash, we have a very famous Medrash that teaches, everything that happened to the Abbas 
is uh, portend something that would happen in the future for their children. And he continues and he explains. When you come across psukim and that deal with the with the three with the three patriarchs that were also neviim, so you come across a story from one of them is Then you should try to understand from that what is what was legislated, what was, um, what, what, what kind of um, gazera, what kind of edict there is that will come upon the children. Vida, and you should know, kichol gazeras irin, that every gazera, every edict from above, from the angels, when it comes out from the um, potential gazera, to a symbolic act, some kind of symbolic act, then it will certainly come to pass in some fashion. And the Ramban brings multiple examples of how something that happened in the, in the uh, lifetime of our others and Imahis uh, impacted or pretended or um, gave the kayak for something that would happen to B'nai Yisrael later in history. So in like fashion, but even more. We might say, We might say, based on this idea, that the whole Indian, the whole concept of the Avais keeping Torah mitzvahs was a preparation and was an infusion of strength so that the generations afterwards would be able, in like fashion, to keep Torah and mitzvahs, that they would be given b'matan Torah. And that further, in the in the um, fulfillment of Torah and mitzvahs through the agency of physical material matter after Matan Torah, they would still be able to be the Hamshacha Elokos, you would still be able to bring godliness into this world. And this would be based on the fact that the Avais kept the Torah. However, the Rebbe says it would seem that this is not enough of an explanation for so much ink being spilled on the stories of the Avois, just to tell us that this is a prelude, that this is a preface. Because these stories were established in the Torah, and the Torah is eternal. Therefore, we're forced to say, and therefore, the Rebbe says, we're forced to say that once this becomes part of the Torah, the Torah is eternal, that this is not just coming to tell us what happened. And it's not even coming to hint that this was a hachana, a preparation for what would happen later. But it's a lesson that's eternal in 
our fulfillment of Torah and mitzvahs after Matan Torah. The Rebbe says in Gimel, Al Tvar Hashel Hanal Benegela Avodas Haavos Ish Lishol Gam Avodas Golos Mitzrayim. So just like we're asking a question about all the stories surrounding the Avais and of what moment are they to us in our Avaida today, the Rebbe says, we would have to ask the same question regarding Golos Mitzrayim. What exactly is the instruction to us from Golos Mitzrayim, from the entire story of Golos Mitzrayim, to us today and to B'nai Yisrael of all times, in all places, especially because we're taught that there would never be a Golos like Golos Mitzrayim again. And in like fashion to what we have stated above, here too, it's not enough for us to fall back on the well-known explanation that Golos Mitzrayim was a prelude to Matan Torah. Meaning that Mitzrayim is compared to a fiery furnace or a kiln. Which effected a refinement and a purification of this world so that it would be a proper receptacle to receive the Torah. Why can't we say that? So the Rebbe insists that it can't just be that we learn about Golos Mitzrayim because historically that preceded Matan Torah and Alpi Chasidus is understood as a necessary step whose function it was to blaze the path that would make Matan Torah possible. No, the Rebbe insists that because Torah is Miloshan Haira for all Jews, for all times, in all places, there must be an element of this story that gives us practical guidance and instruction in our life. It can't just be that these were all hachana and hakdama. They're all um, preparation and a prelude or preface, and that's why they're written in the Torah. It has to be something more in our life. Dalit, the fourth section in Lech Lecha Beis in Chelek Tezvav. Babir Bazeh, the Rebbe says the explanation. Hachilu ben Avedas Abbas Lavedas Yisrael. The Rebbe says there are two elements. There's a binary when you're looking at the difference between the Avaida of the Avais before Matantar to the Avaida of Bnei Yisrael after Matantar. There's Hein Mitzah Adam Ha'eved, 
The difference expresses itself both vis-a-vis the person who is toiling spiritually and also the giloi, the revelation of the light and the energy from above. By the Avais, their, their Avaida, and therefore the Giloi, the revelation of godliness that, that they received in reciprocal fashion was Milmata Lamaila, was from below going upwards, meaning they initiated this reciprocal response. This means that they elevated themselves and they refined themselves. And in that process, they became fitting receptacles for the godly light that that illumined through their avoda, through their service. And the same thing could be said when you're looking at the spiritual light. Because this was a light that reflected the quality of the work that was done by the people, by the Nivraim, by the creations. Therefore, this light was able to shine in their lives and in their world in a manifest fashion. But this was a light that was reflective of the work and the level that they had put in. So it was by definition a limited quality of light. Masha Enkin in contradistinction, when you're talking about the Aveda of B'nai Yisrael after Matan when you talk about B'nai Yisrael after Matan not every person is um, merits that type of refinement and elevation like, like the Avais experience. The Avais were, after all, it's famous that they are referred to as chariots to godliness. But on the other hand, so on the one hand, we, of course, can't compare ourselves to the Avais. On the other hand, through our Aveda today, we draw down a godly light and energy that is transcendent, that is far beyond this world and the avoda that we put in, and therefore, and therefore, it also cannot shine and illuminate in the in a manifest fashion as was the case with the others. Vitam hadavar, and what's the reason? So this is a very, very famous medrash um, that's cited over and over and over in Hasidus, metaphorically speaking, that before Matatara, it was like 
uh, there's this treaty where you know people from Rome can't go to Greece and people from Greece can't go to Rome. Close border. That's all. Not porous. So spiritually speaking, what is above cannot come down below, and what is below cannot go upwards, or uh, or like the Chabad always says, citing Tehillim, Hashemayim, Shemayim Hashem. The heavens are to Hashem. And, and the earth is, is, the, is the domain of human beings, and never the twain shall meet, as it were. That was before Matan Hainu. In that, um, in that situation before Matan Taira, so the exalted levels of godliness that were above the world were not able to come down into this world. They couldn't come to Tachtainim. But after Matan Taira, but with Matan Taira, this Gezeira, this treaty, this edict was completely taken away. It was, it was rendered moot. And at that time, uh, what was below could, could rise upward, could be elevated to El Yenim. And what was above could trickle down and come down into this world. So much so that when this gezerah was rescinded, the creations below are able to unite and become one with the godliness that is completely beyond this world. Ella, however, it's important to note that at that moment of matan at that junction, haya the um, the initiation came from above. Hainu shahamata loy hayakli That what was going on in this world was not exactly a receptacle for the revelation of the great light. And therefore, this light was not um, brought down and accepted internally. In a manifest way, and as it's no, that the um, the revelation of elokus by matantera was for a temporary amount of time, and afterwards that that particular and unparalleled effluence of of elokus stopped. Like it says, like the Pasuk says, when the Shafer blast um, ceases, then they'll be able to alight onto the mountain. Before that, had they approached the mountain, they would have died on contact. So if they if they weren't Kalim then, so how do you how do you fix that? How do you rectify that? So the Rebbe says, in order for a Jew to actually become a Kli, a receptacle, a vessel for the for the revelation of the godly light and energy of Matan Taira that completely transcends this world, Dafka. This is only and specifically 
through our avoda, through our toiling. It's only through our work that we can affect a revelation and a eternal unity. Hey, move on. And now once we understand that, it's understood. Now in a position to understand the importance of learning the stories of the Aveda regarding Avram and the other Avais in our Kiyam Torah mitzvahs today. And how it's a Hayran, and how it is eternal instruction to all Jews at all times. Even after Matan Torah. Because in order for the revelation of Matan Torah to fuse with the person who is learning Torah and being Mekayim Mitzvahs, Midrashes Hahakdama Da Avoida Mitzad Atzmai. It is necessary for this to be preceded with the work that we do ourselves, just like the Avais the did. Just like in the time before Matan Torah, and in the preparatory stages to Matan Torah, in order for the Elikus to be drawn down into creation and to draw down the elements of Torah that are completely transcendent of creation and to draw them down into this world, there had to be first the completion of the Aveda of Beetle, of self-nullification of the, of, of, of the people themselves. And only through that, through the agency of that bitul, and only in that fashion can you draw down the light that is that was created for and that has a connection to creation. And this Aveda was done by the Avais then and is something that we have to do today. This is the Aveda Avais that we have to do today. And only after that can the light that completely transcends this world be brought into creation. So this was true historically, this is true generally, and this is also true more particularly. In order for the light that hovers above creation, that transcends creation, that comes down in a way where the initiation takes place on the level of heaven. And in order for that to be revealed and to, in order for us to be united with that light, 
it has to happen only through Allah Adam, Lahagia, Tchila, Lishlemus, Havoida, the Vitul, the Zichos, Mitsiosai. Can only happen when the person works and completes the Avoida of Bitul and self refinement. Because through that, he can be fused with the godliness that is related to Bria, to creation. So first, we have to work on this inning of bittel and self-refinement so that we can be fused with a level of eloquence that is related to creation, that is in consonance with the parameters or the uh, constrictions of creation. And only then do we become a fitting receptacle to bring down in revealed fashion the light and the energy and the level that is totally beyond Bria. The Indian Zehu Bidugmas Maimarasal. And we can see this idea reflected in a well known teaching in the Gemara. The Oilam Yasik Adam Beterim Mitzvah, Afal Pisha Loilishma, Shemitai Shalilishma, Balishma. A person should always engage in Torah and Mitzvahs even if it's not for the most exalted reason initially, it's Lishma. it's not just for the name of Hashem. Why? Because by doing this, by engaging in this effort, albeit with not the most exalted reasons or levels, it will come Lishma. You'll come to reach that higher level of doing it only for Hashem. Hainu. So the Rebbe gives us a, a completely new way of understanding this. This means, You should not understand this very well-known teaching as relating only to somebody who's just not on the level, okay? They're not ready to just come learn. So therefore, it has to be pizza and parsha and lasagna and tanya and sushi with blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it doesn't end, okay? And then uh, a number of years ago, sadly, we started offering money to kids. So now it's about how much money and how many this and how many, it's like, okay, but we understand, right? We, we, we have this tradition that if, even if it's lay lishma, from this it will come lishma. But the Rebbe says, no, don't understand this as just relating to somebody who's just not spiritually evolved enough to do this just lishma, just to learn Torah. But he says, But as we understand from the way this teaching is prefaced with the word li'aylam, which means always, forever, constantly, so the Rebbe says, we learn from this, that Zehu Seder Halibur al that this is not just a concession for those who can't study Torah just for the purpose of studying Torah initially, but that this itself is always going to be part of the process. It's part of the Seder of Limit Torah. 
Because Rebbe says that through learning Torah on this level called even the highest iteration thereof, Rebbe says like this, when we say that a Yid is learning the Yid is connecting not with the Torah that is higher than this world, but with the aspect, the level, the category, um, the facet of Torah that is connected to this world, and in the final analysis, even when you're going to be learning Lishma, we're learning for the purpose of connecting to this world. And only then, through this preface, do you come to learning Torah Lishma in this understanding, Lishma. That term references the aspect of Torah that is the Torah of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hakadosh Baruch This is the level of when we when we connect with with Hakadosh Baruch Atzmai with Etzem. Aliyday Terase Kefi Shahil Lamaila Legamre Mislapshus Ba'ilo. This is the aspect of Hashem that is way above being able to be enclosed in this world in any which way. So in other words, instead of thinking, and, and I don't think they're mutually exclusive, right? The, the, the more familiar conventional understanding of this Maimar Chazal still remains in place. Fake it till you make it, basically, okay? But the, the, this new understanding is that this is a Seder in Limar HaTayra. This always has to be, even for the greatest person, the most evolved spiritually, the most refined the person that's most pious is always going to be first the madrega of loy lishma, and that madrega references the aspect of Torah that is connected to this world, and only then can you get to the next level of lishma, which is Torah Sashal Kadosh Baruch Hu, which is uniting with Atzmos itself. And also, let's not forget that other very profound thing that the Rebbe kind of threw in here that in the final analysis, somewhat counterintuitively, because Hasidus always does this, what's lowest ends up being highest. So the truth of the matter is that the Torah that we do, that we learn, Lishma, meaning the higher level, is only for the purpose of the Torah that's loy Lishma, is only for the purpose of, of the Torah that does relate to this world. And that's kind of like a mind-boggling thing for us to always remember. And although Matan Torah affected a novel aspect in all levels of Limitatayim, because every time a Jew would learn Torah after Matan Torah, there, it would elicit a flow from above that is connected to the Torah that is higher than the existence of this world. Like Chazal teaches us, kol, and notice the word kol is underscored or italicized. Kol Talmud Chacham. 
every person who, who's a Talmud Chacham, every person who would study, that sits and reads and learns, and is involved in Torah, the Abister sits opposite him and reads and learns with him. It's kind of a staggering thought that we're always learning the Chavrusa with a Kaddish Baruch in a like fashion when we do a mitzvah. This is novel. This did not occur before Batantara. Mikol Makaim. Still in all, But this level that Kadishbarhu is always with us and so on and so forth, this is still shrouded and obscured. So in order for this level of Hashem learning with us, Hashem being with us, in order for this to flow down in a revealed fashion, and for us to be united and to access this level, there first has to be on the part of the person, the completion of his elevation through refining himself, herself, and uniting with the aspect of Taira that does relate to this world. Vav. So by the completion of our Aveda with the Taira of this world, that acts as the gateway to accessing the terror that transcends this world. And now the Rebbe takes this idea and takes it one step forward, concretizes this in tracing the trajectory of, of our life, of, of learning terror as a child and then progressing into adulthood. When you start to learn with a young child who's just starting to learn Chomish, so at the very beginning, the teacher explains terms like Hashem's big hand or Hashem's strong arm. Simply. And as much as the teacher will try at that time to explain that the intention is anthropomorphic, that it's not meant to be taken literally, because we're talking about HaKadosh Baruch and as much as he's going to try to and as much as the teacher is going to try to divest these, the, these things from their material expression, but the child will continue to think about a physical hand that is very big and very strong. So to the child, what's a very big and a very strong arm has to be much larger than the hand of his or her 
teacher, which is much larger than his own head. And it would seem it would seem that this type of understanding on the part of a child contravenes one of the main um, <clears throat> tenets of emuna that you're not allowed to ascribe physical properties to Hashem. So how does the Torah allow this, this whole paradigm that you should teach Torah to somebody who is either young chronologically or still very young in their study of Torah, and you should expose them, as it were, to these kinds of terms and psukim that will inevitably be understood. No matter how much you try, they will be understood on a more pshat level. And so, therefore, they will be ascribing physical properties to Hashem. And especially our question is because this seems to be the Seder that, that the Torah itself tells us to use in studying Torah, which is Tchila Pshat Torah. First, we're supposed to learn the Pshat. And only after learning the Pshat the remez, the illusory, drush, the exposition, only then do we come to the esoteric, to the secrets, to the mystical, to understanding that this is all anthropomorphic. And, and there's no shaykhs at all to shot here when you're talking about Hashem flaring his nostrils or the back of Hashem or Hashem taking his dagger, you know, and so on and so forth. So how, so the Rebbe says, so, what do we do with this? How do we understand this? This seems to be dangerous. This seems to be contradictory. Zayin. says explanation, at least very condensed. And this has already been explained many times. When you learn with a young person, again, chronologically or otherwise, and you learn the shot, you learn the simple explanation of the psukim of the Torah. And he imagines in his mind Hashem's mighty hand, Hashem's great hand. Yes, it's a mashal, but still, in his mind, it's physical. The only thing he can conjure is that it's huge, much huger than anything he's ever seen. So the Rebbe says, you have to understand that, that is actually not opposing to truth. Why? Because even as this child has a physical image in mind, this child still understands at the same time because even as the child is still stuck in the physical manifestation of a hand, 
But even so, even a young child can understand that there has to be something beyond what you can see that allows the hand the wondrous properties that it has. You can do this with your hand. You can do that with your hand. And it's not because of the flesh and bones. Even before a child can articulate that, they intuit that there has to be something beyond what they can see that allows the hand to function the way it does. It has to be, there has to be some type of strength. There has to be some type of vivifying force that is in the hand. That is to say, the soul. Even though he knows nothing about a soul. And truth to be told, the teacher is also a human being. So how much can the teacher know about the properties of a soul? But what the teacher can say to the child is that whatever it is that allows for a hand to function in the way that it does, that is an energy that comes from a Kaddish Baruch And and therefore, the child understands on some level, as young as he or she might be, that when we talk about Hashem's great hand or strong hand, we're also not talking about its greatness or strength solely in material, physical manner. Because just like our own hand has a dimension that cannot be seen and cannot be explained by that which can be seen, so too it must be for Hashem. He im, so it's not the greatness that comes because it's physically larger, but rather, but it comes because of the spiritual strength that it has. That is to say, everything that a child understands with his understanding, he is learning Tayras Emes. It is the truth. It is Tayras Hashalkash Baruch, the Tayras Hashem. It's only that at that point, his possibility to understand this is, is quite constricted. He's learning the pshat as it can be grasped in the seichel of a young child. It's only afterwards, in accordance with the Seder that Torah itself gives us in unfurling the strata of Torah, he'll come to understand it as a 10-year-old can. He'll understand it as a 15-year-old that is already learning Gemara, can understand it. Asher ba mitius uvapnimius hu yisbarach mufshat legamre begashmius, and then he will begin to understand that in truth, and on the innermost level, anything about the Eibush is completely divested of a material corporeal dimension. 
until he will come to understand it the way it is understood in the esoteric, Kabbalah, Alpi Chasidus, Sphiros, and Vichulei Vichulei. And just by the way, I, I think that here maybe there's a subtext about how important it is for Chinuch to be Altaris Hakedish, for Chinuch, even for very young children, to come from a pure source because it is the foundation upon which all else will rest. And so even as other layers will be added, and even as this will evolve, and the child will understand it in a, in a deeper way and in a more evolved way, but the, the, the basis, the foundation has to be one that contains the emes. It has to contain the kernel of truth. And um, this is something that the Rebbe spoke about very, very often, because I think that generally speaking, people think that when children are young, there's still a lot more latitude and a lot more wiggle room and they're just kids. And what's the big deal, you know, but this expresses itself in many, many ways in, in the year Shemayim that comes through from the teacher, in the year Shemayim that's embedded in stories that the teacher tells and in how, in how things are presented. I mean, I'm sure everybody on knows, like I've seen examples of this, where you could tell the same story of Nayach and the Teva, and you could tell it infused with Yerushimayim, and you could tell it in other ways. And uh, it's clear that that what, what the child is grasping, the Rebbe is saying, is already grasping like the Torah, the way it is beyond this world, even in that very childish iteration, has to contain and it has to be conveyed in the truth. Now the Rebbe says in, in, in a little bit of a different way, the same idea. That in the beginning, every person has to learn Torah that is in consonance with the root of their soul. And in this detail, this is like the limur of Torah of the Avais. This is Torah, the way in which it jibes with the person themselves. And only in that way can they grasp the fullness of the revelation and the elevation that comes in Bria. And only then can you come to learning Torah the way it is in its most exalted form, higher than creation, higher than the source of our soul. The Torah as it was given in Matan Torah. Now, I um, have to just say that I, I, I don't understand exactly this notion of learning Torah that is related to the root of your soul. Generally speaking, we know Hasidus teaches that, you know, we always say, that we understand that there is a chilek of Torah that relates most generally to each person. Um, 
I don't know if this might mean that when a person begins the study of Torah, it's important for them to find a study that resonates with them, that they're really relating to. Um, and this is not going to be the only kind of Torah they learn. And this is not obviously the final step, but, but maybe they have a saying here that this is the beginning, that this is like the Torah, the Abbas, that was the Begia Atzmis, the, the toil that took place from the, from, that was initiated from the self. And uh, we know that each one of us, you know, has certain parts of Torah or certain teachers of Torah or certain ways of learning Torah that maybe resonate with us more deeply and that this is a very important first step or stepping stone, as it were. And the reason that we need this preface, we need this first step, we need the Torah of the Avais, as it were, whether we are understanding this to be the Pshat level that is first studied as a child or as a beginner, or we're understanding it as the Torah that is related to the source of our soul somehow in whatever understanding that might be. Why do we need this? Because only through this Avaida can the person come to fruition as a person and therefore access the aspect of godliness and the level of Torah that is Shayach to Bria to creation. And this is Bitor Hachana. This is a preparation to the revelation of Torah as it was given by Matan Torah. This is the aspect of Torah that transcends creation. And this is a Torah that is in Iraq Mitzad Hamata. This is not just a Torah that is a response. A, re- a reciprocation to what a reciprocal response would happen below but this is a level of Torah that comes from the Torah itself so in other words in order to receive the reciprocal response we have to toil when we do that we'll get not only a response that is an answer to what we put forth but we will also through that be able to pull on that which is completely not connected to what we put forth. The ability to draw down the light from above that is higher than creation until it actually fuses with creation this is not something that happens in one fell swoop. It happens incrementally. First, there comes down a ray, a a ray of this great light, or a very constricted and constrained light. And this light comes down enclosed in aspects of creation. And only afterwards comes the essence of the light, the fullness thereof. 
And the same thing is true with the Torah that is higher than creation. Before Hashem gave the Torah in Matan Torah, the Torah that was given in Matan Torah is, is, is way transcends any metric. It has no shaykhs to creation. But before that, first came down a very contained aspect of that Torah, and that is the aspect that came al yadeha avos through the Torah that the avos learned. The chinas ha-Torah kafishihi be'erach u'b'shayches labria. So it is by them studying the Torah before it was commanded and given that they started the process of pulling on the transcendent aspect of Torah. And this is the Seder, and this is still the um, pattern that is followed after Matan Torah. Before a person is for Hashem to reveal with within him the Torah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that transcends creation, first there has to be in this person pulled, um, brought down, and revealed the aspects of Torah that do relate to creation. And only afterwards will be revealed the aspects of Torah that are higher than creation. And just like the aspects of Pardes, the four levels upon which we learn Torah, Pshat, Remez, Drash, and Said, we understand that each one draws on the previous level in a Seder Hishtalshlos, in a, in, in a in a pattern of devolution, hapshat nishtal shel meharemes, pshat comes forth from that which is alluded to, vaharemes mehadrush, and the illusion comes from the extrapolation, vahadrush mehasid, and that comes from the esoteric. It's the same pattern. Test, omnum, seder halimut vahavoida now, ein boy adayin hachana maspekes almenos lekabel esterosa shel kadesh parachu. But this is still not enough. So the fact that we will engage from down going upwards, we will initiate, we will, we will put our effort and our toil into this. This is still not enough to merit the aspects of Torah that come upon us, that are higher than creation. And here the Rebbe is coming full circle because he has, he has answered the original question of, of what efficacy are all these stories that precede Matan Torah. And we now understand that it's Haira to us that we too must begin the process with our own self propelled avoida like the like the avoids. But the Rebbe says, but that's still not enough. We also need as a preface, we must, it's necessary to avail ourselves of the avoida of Golos Mitzray. 
just like it was the first time. That after the Avais and after their concerted efforts, it was still necessary to experience Golos Matraim as a Hachana, as a preparation for the receipt of the Torah. We might say the reason for this is because the level of Torah that was given at Matan Torah transcends creation completely. So therefore, in preface to receiving this transcendent level of Torah, it's never going to be enough, even if the person does work so hard and so completely and so becomes one with the level of Torah that is Shaykh Tabriah, because we're still going to come to a full stop in that we are finite, and therefore we don't really have a shaykhus to the infinite, to the creator. In other words, there's going to be this disconnect. And therefore, it is necessary to effect a change in the person themselves. This is the dilug, the kfitza. This is the you know, this is the same question in, in Hasidus when you talk about Seder Shtalshlos, no matter how much it's going to be Nishtalshel from, from above, but, but how does it connect to, to the physical world? And Hasidus answers, there has to be this jump, there has to be this leap. So the Rebbe is explaining this leap or this jump in terms of a change that has to happen to the person. And this is the this is the concept of Golos Mitzrayim. The Dafka al Mizgalis Boy And it's only through this avoid of Golos Mitzrayim that the Torah of Akadish Baruch, the transcendent aspect of Torah, can be revealed. So, what's the avoid of Golos Mitzrayim? So, what does the Torah tell us about Golos Mitzrayim? It was Bechoimer. That's the words of the Torah. It describes that they worked with um, with 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 uh, cement, with bricks, uh, with all kinds of work in the field, and they worked. Um, they, they it was it was terribly um, laborious. And the Zayar explains that what this is code for in terms of learning learning Torah. That when the Torah says um, cement, I'm, I'm, I'm missing the, the right word for Chaymer. Please unmute yourself, tell us. Mortar. Thank you, mortar. Thank you so much. That the physical mortar alludes spiritually to the whole idea of Kal Chaymer. When you learn from one thing, to extrapolate how much more so for another. And the bricks is related to Liban Halacha, elongated discussions in Halacha. 
the klolos inin avoidas perachu, avoidas nashim la anashim. And more generally, we know that when the Torah says avoidas perach, that it was terribly laborious, it was because the Mitzrayim made men do women's work and women do men's work. And spiritually speaking, hainu avoida shehi hefach tivoi virigilosoi shela adam. This is an allusion to avoidas that make us break our normal nature and comfort zone. That's when we become different. That's when the, the dialogue and the kfitza, the leap can occur so that we finite mortals can actually unite with the transcendent aspect of Torah that belongs only to the infinite and the omnipotent. When we break ourselves, we all know, you know, the old uh, aphorism about the, the loudest, the loudest sound is the breaking of one habit. It's, it's tough. It's really, really, really hard to break ourselves. But but it's only when we engage in a Vaita that is opposite of our normal Teva, our normal nature, Nasa Habitul Bahis It's only in that fashion that we <coughs> we can affect self-nullification and ultimate refinement. And it's only then that this aspect of terror that is higher than creation can be revealed in our life, in, in ourselves. So now the Rebbe has answered the questions that he raised at the beginning. And now he says, we're now in a position to understand um, a curious story Regarding the Tzemach Tzedek. When the Tzemach Tzedek was still very young, the Alter Rebbe once called him over, and he told him, The Alter Rebbe told the Tzemach Tzedek, and we know that there was a very, very special relation between the two, and he effectively raised him as per the promise to his mother, Rebbe Tzedek so Al Rebbe said, I, I, I want to give you some inyanim in Torah as a present. I want to give you a special present. He said, no, thank you. He did not agree to this proposition. And he explained that he wanted to amass his Torah through his own own, through his own toil, through his own work. Ka'avur kama v'kama shanim. After many years had passed, kasher ha'isif chachma al chachmasai, when the Tzemach Tzedek was, was, had, had much more knowledge, Amar Tzemach Tzedek, she mitztar al zeh, sheloi hiskim lahatza osa shal rabbeinu hazakein. He said that he's sorry. He regretted that he did not uh, he did not agree to the gift to the to the proposition of his grandfather, the Alter Rebbe. Because as much as Alter Rebbe would give him exalted in Yanim in he would still always have place. There would always still be so much more that he could toil in. 
He'd be able to toil in higher things. Because we know, of course, that there's no end to the Torah. So he regretted that he didn't use the, that present, he didn't accept the present as a footstool to raise himself to learn even higher in Yonim. So the Rebbe says that this is a curious matter. And we might ask, What was he thinking at the beginning when he rebuffed the Alter Rebbe's offer? And what was he thinking later, years later? The Rebbe says it's very hard to say. Given the Tzemach Tzedek's overall stature, it's really hard to understand that the Tzemach Tzedek didn't initially have this idea that no matter what his grandfather gives him, there's always going to be so much more room for him to toil himself. We, we, we can't accept that that's really how we should understand this story because that's kind of elementary. That's something that the Tzemach Sedek surely knew even when he was younger. Surely he could make that same cheshbon. Let's just say if we could understand it now, then he could understand it then for sure, right? Babir the explanation is, we have to understand that what the Tzemachetik was regretting was not, uh, what the Tzemachetik was expressing was not regret on the fact that he didn't accept in Yanei Teira aspects of Teira b'matana as a gift. Ella. Shebeshah sheratzer abeinu hazaken litin leitera zu. But rather, we have to understand that at that junction, when the Alter Rebbe offered the Tzemach Tzedek this present, this gift, Hirgish HaTzemach Tzedek, She'adayin chaseir aloi ha'achana da'avoydes ha'yegiyah b'tayra. In other words, it's not the pshat that he didn't understand that no matter what Alter Rebbe gives him, he's still always going to be able to toil on his own. And he'll, he'll just be on a higher level, given that Alter Rebbe will have already given him things. But it was rather that he sensed in himself at that time that he was not yet a receptacle for the gift because he had not yet toiled within himself to the extent that he felt was necessary. It wasn't Yigiyah Matima Lekabalas Hatzah Kazoo. He had not yet done the work that was necessary for accepting this kind of gift. And therefore he felt he was not the proper receptacle. But after the passage of time, when he had already done this work and this toil, he felt himself ready to be a proper receptacle. Only at that point did he feel ready to accept Torah that transcended his own toil and work. The Yishleimer Shahakdama Hanal Davoy Davigia B'Torah. 
we might say that this type of toil and work in Tyra that acts as the preparatory uh, stage, and now we understand more fully what it means that Golos Mitzrayim was hachana for Matan It was the necessary stage for readying themselves for Matan And uh, let's hope that our study together is is the necessary final stage, the preparatory stage for us to very, 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 very soon hear the Torah Chadasha from our Rebbe and, and to have done the necessary toil and work to be able to receive it in proper manner. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful week and Kol Tov. Thank you, Amen. Thank, thank you so thank much. You, thank you.